Everybody ready? Yeah. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. We are on season two, episode 11. I'm Matt and with us today we have Jillian, Kristen, Susan, everybody say hello. Hello. And also with us today we have our very special guest, Amy Kite, the Executive Director of Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. Hi Amy. Hello, how are you doing? Awesome. So you've got you've got some some great news for us, right? I think it's great news, and I sure hope y'all do, too. Uh, Bush Wildlife is planning on returning back to Jupiter Farms, where it uh, started here in Palm Beach County in the early 90s. That's awesome news. So... So you're you're bringing you're uprooting from uh, Oxenhatchee River District. You're coming over and you're plopping yourself down on a soccer field. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, it, it would be known as the soccer field property. It's at a uh, southwest corner of Rocky Pines and Indian Town Road. And that's I mean that's great for us. It's great for it's great for you guys. And it really is going to be, in my opinion, taking Bush to the next level. I mean, this is just awesome. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, our partnership with the district for over two decades now has definitely been amazing and it's afforded us the time to grow and really get to this point where we're ready to go out on our own. We currently occupy about 11 acres on the Lock Century River District property, but that property that we're moving to is over 19 acres. So it gives us a lot of room for expansion the ability to do even better rehabilitation for the animals and to offer our services to other rehabbers who actually are are a lot of times working out of their own private homes and also to really expand our education department and um, give our animals who are permanent ambassadors and residents better enclosures, better opportunity for the public to come learn. I mean, it's just, it's a dream come true, honestly, for myself. It has to be overwhelming. (laughs) <laughs> That'd be an understatement. <laughs> I mean, you you get to kind of, I don't know, we don't know that you'll get it, but you get to have a wish list. You get to design a sanctuary from the ground up, which isn't often done. Yeah. I wasn't going to cry this early in the podcast, that's for sure. But um, it, it's, it's truthfully a childhood dream come true. I mean, I've always known, I've been one of those people that's lucky enough to know that animals have always been what I wanted to do. And I've never wavered from that. I started volunteering at a vet when I was six years old. And so it's incredible. And I've been with the sanctuary now for over 16 years. And not only am I extremely proud to be a part of the sanctuary, but the group of people that we have, the board we have, the staff we have, the volunteers, um, to, to be that gosh, it sounds so like arrogant, but the face (laughs) of this chapter and get to lead us into this next endeavor is just, it's overwhelming. It's humbling. It's rainbows and unicorns is what we call it. Um, I even have my little bracelet with rainbow and unicorn on it that one of the staff gave me to kind of keep focused and keep moving forward. It's incredible. And and to have the support that we've really felt from this community, (sighs) Yeah, it's uh, it's a little so, too so, much. <laughs> so take us through what you envision this property to look like. If this were your, you know, you, you get all your wishes and rainbows and unicorns and they come <laughs> true. We're driving west on Indian Town Road and we're getting to the corner of Rocky Pines. What happens? 
the northernmost, basically five acres of the sanctuary. So that first area right on the corner of Rocky Pines and Indian Town Road is really where we're going to focus our rehabilitation efforts. So if someone finds an animal, like now, if you come to us, you kind of have to meander through the property to get to the hospital. The hospital is going to be right up front. If you found an injured animal and you want to help it before you go to work in the morning, you can pull right up, drop it off, and you can get on your way again. Is there going to be like a drop box? Can we make uh, it that easy? We'll have, we'll have a reception area. We talked about putting like a little, um, like a CVS pharmacy window in that you can just walk up to the window and hand it over, <laughs> especially during times of pandemic. That's cool. You should get those pneumatic tubes like they have at some of the banks. You don't put the animals in the tubes. Thank you, Jillian. Exactly. <laughs> that could cause a little more stress. <laughs> so you have this recovery center right off. Right. So you've, you've got the hospital right there. And then that that first section is not going to be visible by the public. The goal is for those animals who have been hospitalized to have quiet time, to be away from the public and really have a chance to recuperate. Then you move towards, if you will, the middle 10 acres of the property, which is all going to be our animal ambassadors and exhibit space for the public to really not only enjoy our animals, but see the different environments. You know, there's pine trees already on the property. There's cypress trees and wetlands on the property. We're preserving four natural wetlands there that people can explore. And then the, the last section, the furthest south on Rocky Pines is already a natural wetland. And we're just leaving that alone. That creates a great barrier for all the neighbors that are there. It creates a great retention area for when we have lots of rainy weather. Sunday, I'd love to see a little boardwalk going through that people can enjoy and just walk and really kind of tune out from the hustle and bustle of everything. It's just, it's like I said before, it's overwhelming. It's amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> yes, Miss Susan. Tell us a, a little bit about what happens during a hurricane. And because you and I have had a conversation before, what's going to happen on the news site during a hurricane? Okay, well, let me tell you what happens now. <laughs> so I have an amazing husband who has just completely come on this journey with me when it comes to all things animal. And we actually move into Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. So when a storm's headed our way, um, we move into the sanctuary, we bring all of our personal pets with us, and we ride out the storm there. And when that facility has been built, we've done it in stages based on how we've been able to afford to. And this time, what's great about it is we're actually planning the sanctuary strategically, first and foremost, for the comfort and the well-being of the animals and the public, but then second, what happens if a hurricane comes? So we're building, making sure that the structures that we're building are prepared for that. So I don't want to give away too much because I really want it to be somewhat of a surprise for everybody when they come, but there's definitely structures that are, are hurricane ready, not only for our animals to stay safe, but also for those of us who have to live there during a hurricane to stay safe and comfortable. We've taken into consideration the unfortunate situations, but it's a reality today of active shooters, making sure that there's buildings spread around the property in case of a major horrific disaster like that. And also in 2020, it's taught us you have to be ready for a pandemic. So how do you structure any kind of business where you can accommodate everyone in a pandemic? And Bush Wildlife Sanctuary 
has always been created to be a sanctuary for animals and for humans. And it broke my heart when we had to shut the sanctuary down in March due to COVID. Because for me, that was a time when people really needed somewhere to go and feel safe and, and really to connect with something a little bit larger than them. And so to take that sanctuary and the nature away from our community, it, it was awful. And I can't say that that won't ever happen again, but at least we're trying to create something that we'll be able to socially distance, be able to go in a one-way motion, um, everything we can possibly do within our power to make sure that in these situations that isn't taken away from the public again. Amy, you um, you mentioned the pandemic, and I know that for Bush, you guys have had to have been bleeding money um, with the pandemic. You don't you don't have the you know you're you're not on, you're not on the front page usually anyway. But um, you know fundraising, you know everybody is competing for donations right now. Um, and not not that it, it wasn't like that before the pandemic, but now even more. I mean, what are you guys functioning at on a daily basis? You guys are not making more than you're spending. That's pretty much true all the time at the sanctuary, <laughs> to right. be honest with you. I, I think, you know, it's very easy to go online and look up any nonprofits records, their 990, their tax reports. And the sanctuary generally operates, you know, when we go into the year, we're always projected at a deficit. And that's not unusual for a lot of nonprofits where we've been incredibly blessed, incredibly lucky is people considering us in their legacy plan, plan giving. And, um, and, and we've always just somehow had this angel that's taking care of us, literally an angel taking care of us. And with the pandemic, you know, we estimated between the, uh, the school groups coming to us and our welcome center uh, gift shop, if you will, sales, and just the donation boxes, there's about $1,500 a day for the entire time we were closed that we were losing, you know, and that's for over two months we were closed. What was kind of uh, a conundrum, if you will, for me was you definitely want to go out there and let people know, hey, we're struggling, but you're not alone everybody is struggling. Every home is struggling. Every nonprofit, every business is struggling. And I just have a real hard time just kind of sticking my hand in someone's face and saying, you need to give me money because what I'm doing is important. And so we tried to get a little creative with our fundraising efforts. We did Pelican Poop Bingo. We sold, you know, the animals did paintings I'm, I'm, for Mother's I'm sorry. Day. I'm sorry, what was the first one? Pelican poop bingo. I played that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so basically we drew, okay. The, no, okay. I got the idea from like a lot of your more rural high schools and stuff for like the football team. They raise money by dividing the football field into squares and you give a donation for a square and they put a cow on the field. And if the cow poops in your square, then you win whatever that prize is. And sometimes it's a cash amount or whatever. We did ours with our Pelican, Nigel, who is quite awesome. And it, we gave away a VIP tour. And we actually ended up giving away three because unfortunately, Nigel got a little stage fright. And he didn't really move too much. <laughs> so we had to get creative again. <laughs> but, you know, the community was amazing. They thought it was fun. 
it just gave a little bit of levity to a really, really hard time. And my staff still thinks I'm crazy for ever doing it. And that's fine. I don't, they can think I'm crazy all they want, as long as they still have a job at the end of the day, then that's what matters to me. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. You have one, uh, you have an event coming up. We do have an event coming up. We have Wine in the Wild coming up on December 5th. And um, I love how Susan takes a sip of wine as we're discussing it. (laughs) Um, Last year was our first annual Wine in the Wild. And it was an evening event at the sanctuary. We decked it out with all kinds of awesome lighting. And you would go around and sample wines and craft beers and food. And you can't do that in the time of COVID. So this year we're going virtual. And it's basically a virtual happy hour. Uh, if you sign up and you get tickets, um, we will, if you're within 30 miles of the sanctuary, we'll actually deliver you food and wine. We've partnered with Jackson Family Wines and Salute Market in Palm Beach Gardens, and we'll actually deliver it to you. And then December 5th, you log in to the event and we'll give you a link and you'll have a whole happy hour program with animals and the wine tasting notes and music and just cameos from different people. And I'm not giving away any of them right now. That's, that sounds awesome. David, can we make sure that we have a link to this in the program notes yes. um, for well, this? Month? If because you make your sounds- donation. Yeah, yes. no, that, that, that's what I meant. A link, <laughs> a link to register for what is it called again? It's wine in the wild. Okay, pelicanpoop.com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's probably already owned by somebody. And I think what it is, it's a great thing, and it's it looks so fun. I was reading the uh, the whole ticket end of it, and yeah, you know, what's going on with the event, and then you're gonna have some auction items. We are. We're gonna have some auction items going on, and I forgot to mention to you, not only do we have wine, but we will also deliver whether it be a cheese board or charcuterie platter, whatever you choose. So the whole goal is if you've got a core group that you have been around, that you feel are, are your bubble, COVID safe, you can actually buy enough to have a little cocktail party at your place, whether it be you, your loved one, your family, whatever you feel safe with. And we'll supply all that to you. Some of our larger sponsors, you know, and when I talk larger, I'm talking like the five, $10,000 sponsors. We'll actually bring an animal handler over for you with animals. So you can have a really fancy party if you like. Um, what kind of animal do I get? Uh, we can discuss that. We've got all different things from reptiles, mammals, birds. I'll send my husband over, you know, whatever you want. Well, you can just send Paul over anyway. <laughs> Is there anything that would bite Maddie's finger on purpose? There you go. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> I wanted one. I just asked which ones. Can you request an opossum? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll give you one. <laughs> the opossums I, get a bad rap, so I love when somebody requests an opo. So you're coming up with all of these 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 great events in in the time of COVID, and I think that's that's a true testament to to ho- hopefully this long the longevity because I know that like you said, nonprofits right now are, are struggling and and they're worried you know who who's going to even be left after COVID. Yet you guys are going to flourish. That's the goal. You know, I mean, it's, it's really, really hard. I, I, it's so hard to even talk about nonprofits in today's world or just, I mean, in general, so many people are struggling personally. Like I said, the businesses are struggling and there's so many worthwhile nonprofits out there, you know, 
Um, yeah, but you know what, Amy? Nonprofits provide a place for people to feel good about themselves and feel good about the community that they live in. So I think I know that the mindset of I hate to ask people for money, but people like to be asked for help. <laughs> and and our community loves bush wildlife. Our, our broader community loves bush wildlife. And they know that bush wildlife is important to our community and they want to be a part of it. And I have to say, you know, um, I grew up in Palm Beach County. I grew up in Lantana, actually. But I, like I said, I've been working at bush wildlife for 16 years. And the first 11 years, I drove up every day, 30 miles a day to come up here. Well, 28.3 miles, to be completely honest. And when I would come up, I, I did my internship hours at Native Palm Animal Hospital when I was going for my certified veterinary technician degree. And the ladies there used to always talk about how they never went into town because the farms was perfect. Why do you go into town? And at the time... I'm like, well, what do you mean going into town? Like, I, I don't, what? Like, really? You don't ever cross I-95? And now, where in hopefully a couple years, I never have to cross I-95 again. <laughs> I'll pick up, I go like every two weeks, I'll pick up whatever you need from East Fort. Well, thankfully my husband does. So, you know what? I'll just send him when he's on his pet sitting runs. He can go and he can pick up, you know, because there are a few things I need over there. I need some Cooper's Hawk wine and I need some Salute Market stuff. There's definitely things I need, but he can go do that. And I can literally stay within a three mile radius of home and have my Publix, have my puppy bakery, have a veterinarian, you know, like it's just, it's, it's insane. And I mean, I've even asked if I can get a horse to ride to work because like that's every animal person's dream. Don't give me that face, Matt. Don't give me that face. Did Paul know exactly how (laughs) insane you were when he married you? Okay. Here's the thing about my husband. He'll tell you he is not from here. And there are much easier ways to have gotten a green card than have to deal with me. So I know it's love for sure. Otherwise, he would have found someone else. He's adorable. You guys have met him, okay? So he's sitting here very embarrassed right now. We love Paul. He's (laughs) <laughs> but no, I mean, there is going to be, you know, all kinds of opportunities at the sanctuary. I mean, I think one of the things that a lot of us, myself included, is, is you like to put your stamp on things and there'll be a lot of naming opportunities at the new facility for, for what does that mean? Naming opportunities? Um, well, if someone wants to help us pay for the, the property, it can be Bush Wildlife Sanctuary at the Matt Gitkin Conservancy. No, I didn't, I didn't say me. Well, I'm just an uh, example. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, how cool would it be if somehow we figured out a way for our community to, to be able to pull together and bring together a donation? It would be Ju- Bush Wildlife at Jupiter Farms, something like that. Um, you know, there. So, so if we like, if, if we started a, a JFR Bush fundraiser and we raised a million dollars. It could literally be the bush wildlife at Jupiter. Wait, it's still going to be Jupiter Farms. We don't get anything. <laughs> well, but it could be the Jupiter Farms Welcome Center. It could be the Jupiter Farms Wildlife Rehab Building. It could, and these are, and there's all different levels. I mean, this is my first time with the capital campaign, so I am learning from from square one. 
but there's all different kind of things. And it ranges from everything, you know, to stepping stones all the way up to the entire facility name. But there's lots of opportunities for people to get involved. And, and one of the best things I ever heard a gentleman say to me was, you know, I'm not looking to get my name on it for me, but I'm looking for my grandson to understand what giving back is. And that really hit home to me because I always wondered like, gosh, you want your name on something? And then I was like, wow, you want it because you want to teach the next generation what giving is all about. And that is, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Amy, what about the opportunity for things like in-kind donations? Like we, we have a lot of industrious people out here in the farms. We have people that own big equipment that do land clearing or cement or this or that. Is, uh, is there going to be some sort of a way that there, there can be a wish list that, you know, or, hey, we're looking because because not not many of these people, you know, may even know what you need that they can provide. Oh, uh, definitely. I mean, right now we're definitely in the preliminary phases. We're working with a land planner who's been gracious enough to donate their services to us. Um, there's been an architect and a contractor that so far are donating their services. But as we move forward with this process, we'll be needing land clearing. We'll be needing fencing. We'll be needing help uh, planting the property. Uh, definitely bobcat services, moving dirt around and helping us change some elevations out. Just the gamut of stuff. So I will. It would be so wonderful if there was kind of like a place where people could go to 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 just constantly kind of look at that, or announcements can be made on, hey, Bush is looking for you know, even if it were you know we were doing a barn raising on some weekend, that would be awesome. You know, if we could just help get the word out, we absolutely would. Well, fantastic. I had a few people ask me about already that that are in the tree excavation um when i mentioned it to them said just let me know when they're ready because i'd like to help so that was just really really nice i love it i mean not only will we be putting stuff out on bush's social media and email blast but i'll definitely keep jfr advised of what's going on Miss Kristen, i feel bad with your hand up <laughs> i think when you do your um capital campaign you haven't started the actual campaign yet for that have you uh, behind the scenes stuff we're working on preparing okay. our, our information but we haven't launched it you should probably delineate on in the at the very beginning that you know it's either donation of funds or in kind of and you should list the absolutely list the services that you're going to need I love and then it. see who comes comes to to bat there for you and of course any of those services i mean for instance we at the, the current property, we built a new fox habitat about two years ago. And our red foxes, even though we put a two foot barrier around the entire- I'm sorry, you're a red fox in, a, in, a, in an enclosure? You didn't know that? He was great in Sanford and Son. He's even better now. Wow, I gotta get to, I gotta get some <laughs> um, But they kept trying to dig out. And so actually Jupiter Farms Elks Club came over and they took an entire Saturday and we dug up all the, the dirt and, and laid down meshing and covered it all up. So I mean, it's, I, I'm beside myself with the people that have already stepped up. And so it's going to be really, really awesome. And, and we want to give credit to all these different uh, businesses, people, individuals, everybody that wants to help us out. Uh, I, I feel like I should be way more nervous about trying to do this but I don't know. I just, I feel this sense of calm and that it's just meant to be, and it's meant to be back out here in the farms. And I, I don't know, it's a match made in heaven in my mind. <laughs> I, I think it's a perfect match. And I know that um, 
you know, JFR, we, we can't, we, we couldn't be happier. We couldn't be happier than to have that piece of property end up in your hands. Um, and, and to, and to have Bush come out here, I think, like you said, it's really kind of a coming home of, of sorts. And I, and I just think it's a perfect natural fit We're we're surrounded by natural areas anyway. So it's kind of like, we're almost going to have another one plunk right down in the middle of us. So I think that's awesome. In our partnership with ERM, uh, we currently have adopted six areas with Palm Beach County Environmental Resource Management, um, from Pine Glades to uh, Cypress Creek, over to Jupiter Dunes. Um, so that, it, it just seems like a perfect fit. You know, we take in the animals, we rehab them, and then we actually introduce them back into our natural areas that our county is already preserving for such purposes. Now, if you had uh, to hazard a guess about how many, how, what, what's your percentage of animals that actually come from Jupiter Farms? Um, it's quite a large percentage. You know, probably at least a third of them come from the farms area. I would say something <laughs> like that, probably. I Please don't quote me because I have to go back and run the numbers. Um, but, you know, this year we're, uh, let's see, we're at, 4,996 animals, I think, at the end of the day today. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so it's really important for us. And we saw a huge increase with COVID. Right. Uh, I was quite, quite funny because people were home because of the pandemic. And I think they were paying a bit more attention to their surroundings. And not only do people want to help, they wanted to do something good. I think they wanted to get in their car and go somewhere and have a reason to. So we saw this massive influx of animals coming to us um, from probably a lot of people who in their day-to-day -day life pre-COVID didn't have a lot of time to stop and look around. So it, it gave us an opportunity to really educate a sector that we hadn't, hadn't before. I've had to use bush wildlife twice and living here in 13 years. I had a great blue heron that had eaten a fish that got stuck sideways in his, his um, neck and uh, Ed and Karen had to come out and get him and you guys took him and stitched him all back up or got cut. I think you guys cut the fish into pieces to get it out. And then I also, it doesn't always come down to necessarily bringing wildlife to Amy, but Amy, the knowledge of being able to walk you through a nest of baby bunnies that are literally right on the side of your driveway when you have two large dogs and landscapers and how to navigate that and have their nests stay nice and, and tight and them all survive. You know, that's a huge benefit on top of everything else that you do. I think just the knowledge of, oh my God, I found a nest of baby bunnies. There's like nothing more panicking than that. So I think, I think there is. No, no, <laughs> there's not. And, and, you know, speaking of David C. Guggenheim, our, our director and our engineer, I hear that Bush Wildlife now has its own podcast as well. What's up with that? So, um, David, okay, after I did Jupiter Farms Residence podcast last time, and I had such a great time with you guys, I actually reached out to him privately because my husband and I were talking about doing something because our life revolves around animals. And there's so many, I think, individuals now that by choice – don't have children, but their animals are their kids and it's, it's their lifestyle. It's because we hate most humans. And um, I'm not going that far, but there are definitely days. <laughs> uh, if I can put it in a cage or dart it, I definitely get along better with it. That's for sure. So he actually came over to our house and we were in the middle of construction and everything. And, and we sat down and talked about it. And it just, we weren't at a point where we were 
felt we had enough content or anything to move forward, but I love the podcasting format. I just think it, it's such a cool idea and, and you reach so many more people. So a few months ago, when he reached out to me and said, I want to do something about the behind the scenes of Bush Wildlife. I, I tripped over myself trying to say yes. I just thought that was the coolest idea. The narcissist in me was all about it. Let's do this, you know? And I just thought it was great because I, I take for granted what I see every day at Bush Wildlife. It's my career. You just get involved in it. And sometimes you forget that you're holding an eagle. Like how many people on the planet at this moment are holding a bald 14. eagle or 14. I think you're overshooting, but um, on the planet, <laughs> there's not bald eagles everywhere. Yeah. All right. Seven. It's not, it's not that I'm <laughs> butthurt. It's that, it's that, you know, David, um, David's kind of like, you know, the David Attenborough or the David C. Attenborough of, you know, we're here, we're here. <laughs> wildlife. and, and there's a squeaking crow in the distance. But it's not squeaking. I don't want to. Don't give it know, away. Don't give totally, it away. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to give no, it away. No, stop being so jealous. Like, just just relax. He's awesome at it. I'm jealous and, of your podcast, it, boy. It's He's all good. because of the nice microphone. It's <laughs> yeah. been a real honor and it's been a real pleasure to do this. As Amy said, came to her and, and her team and said, you know, I have this idea for a wildlife podcast. And is this something would be a right fit for, for you? And I, which a, a detail that I thought was really cool is that I think Amy really liked the idea, but she wanted to take it to her team and to make sure that the team was on board. And I thought that that was really cool. And the cool, the even cooler thing that I've gotten to learn is that in doing this, Amy has assembled a team of people who are just as passionate, just as knowledgeable, just as uh, excited about wildlife and, and rescuing wildlife and rehabilitating them and, and you know taking care of them at the sanctuary. I and think we more... started uh, recording this podcast during the quarantine, during the shutdown. And we got That's to awesome. sort of take the listener through that experience. What is it? What was it like for Bush Wildlife when all the people had to go away, but all the animals still had to remain there and be fed every day and taken care of every day and all those sorts of things. What happens when all the people and all the income goes away? We tell you that story. What I, what I was saying, David, David had this, or the way I heard it, you had like a, like a childlike wonder of going through there is what, how it came across to me while narrating it in a very cool way. And just to, to see the two enthusiasms together. Well, David plays the part of that outsider who doesn't know what's going on and and Amy plays the jaded um, uh, executive director who, um, who just, you know, is burnt out on life. And, and... No, it's, I mean, the great thing, you know, David and I, we spoke about a, a six episode uh, season, if you will. And I definitely wanted the staff involved. Animal people can be extremely shy. And that's why we're drawn to animals. And I'm this, I guess, weird anomaly that's like, yeah, bring it on. Um, so I wanted to make sure that, that they felt comfortable because it's, it's their life too. It's mine, it's the animals, but it's, it's their day-to-day that's being affected. And it's, it's all of our secrets, if you will, that, that are being revealed. So it's not fair of me to make that decision. 
but it's, I don't know, for me, it's hard not to get enthusiastic about it. I never know what a day is going to bring ever. And it could be an alligator in the parking lot. It could be this morning, a bird that got tangled in fishing line who was stuck on a fence in West Palm. You just don't know. And there's, I don't know, there's no feeling better than when you actually can make those things right. And in this situation, I feel like the stars are really aligned because I kind of, you know, in the middle of this (laughs) slip to David, hey, we might be moving. So this might go from six episodes to something a little longer just because I think, I don't think many people have built a wildlife sanctuary. And if they have, I don't think they've done it in like a year and a half. (laughs) And I really don't think they've had anybody document it. And there's so many people on a weekly basis that reach out to me and say, Hey, I want to do what you do. How do you do it? And that's, I mean, it's small in comparison to the population on the planet, but if you think about how many there are doing it now and how many animals are being helped, and let's multiply that by people who find this podcast and kind of have a little bit of a blueprint. And I don't even mean like the good, but I mean the stumbling box and where we hit dead ends and when you got to just totally go a different direction. That's if I could find a podcast right now that could tell me to do what I'm trying to do. Hell yeah, I am in. <laughs> it's also really interesting for because we're making it for everybody who consumes the the sanctuary, everybody who's interested in either going to the sanctuary or interested in the sanctuary's work. And that that includes kids. You know, we want to make sure that this is something interesting for parents that will be a reminder of what Bush is all there about whether it be rescuing an animal or a place to go on a, on a Friday afternoon or something, you know? And so we were able to, to, to do that and do it in a way that uh, as a podcast, it's interesting to, to all, all walks of, of life. And we've been lucky enough, another Jupiter farms resident who's out here, Kenan Harkin, who uh, camp Kenan is what, you know, his YouTube is. And we've worked with Kenan for years now. And I have seen firsthand when he comes to the sanctuary and he does a video about an animal we've rescued and he tells his audience, if everybody just donated a dollar and within the end of the day, we have $1,500. It's, it's crazy, you know, and and it's been a wonderful partnership for us. And now to think that we're kind of at that point of launching our own little camp, um, um, and having our own outlet where, where we get to tell our stories is, yeah, I, I just, I think there's a lot of exciting things ahead for us. We got to get some big trees. We got to get some, some stuff growing there where you need it to be, to, to grow. So we can have that beautiful, um, lush canopy that, that you guys have where you are now. We're, we're working on it. You know, I mean, remember we've been at the current location for 22 years now, but uh, there's, I believe there's 504 trees, mature trees on the property and we're saving pretty much all of them. There's a few that have to come out for buildings, but otherwise we have designed all the trails and all the enclosures around the pre-existing native uh, plants that That's are there. Awesome. And like I said, we're preserving four natural area or four wetland areas there 
one of which will be for our, our alligator, Freddie, of, of course. course, you know, she's been with us our longest resident. So she gets, you know, top billing and first, first dib on a wetland. Um, but it's, uh, you know, we want to leave that as, as, as natural as we can. And my meetings so far have been very, very positive with, you know, the county um, environmental resources, you know, they love the fact that we're not trying to go in and take a bunch of stuff out, but we want to preserve what's there and really focus. That's on awesome. I think that's what, you know, Jupiter Farms residence is all about too. You know, that's always been the goal is for all of us to, to take care of it and preserve it and keep it nice and rural and in our home as well as the animals. Well, I, I think we've reached, I think actually it was 15 minutes ago when we reached the end of another Jupiter Farms residence podcast. Some reminders for those listening, uh, Jupiter Farms is having a virtual meeting, Jupiter Farms residence on December 8th at 7 p.m. Uh, the virtual waiting room opens at 6.30. You can go to jupiterfarmsresidence.com to get the information on how to log in. Um, uh, and uh, don't forget also to pitch in and lend a hand and help your community on Saturday, November 14th at the Jupiter Farms Park Pavilion parking lot. That's the Park Pavilion parking lot at Jupiter Farms Park. I'm going to just try and see how many times I can say park in that sentence. At 8 a.m., refreshments and community service hours are offered. So help keep the farms beautiful for talking trash. And uh, thank you for supporting that. Many thanks to you, Amy, from Bush Wildlife Sanctuary, because we are incredibly excited to welcome you guys to Jupiter Farms. And it can't happen soon enough. And um, it was just a, a wonderful time having you here for another podcast. We're going to make it a yearly thing, um, if not sooner. But, you know, you have your own podcast. I feel like you're a spinoff, you know, like you're, Joni you're, loves you're kind of like our, um, <laughs> these are facts of life to our nice. different strokes. But, you know, take it as you will. Um, you know, you're, you're our mod. You're mod to our all in the family. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that supported us with Christmas trees this year. Um, we finished the pre-sale two weeks ago. It was excellent. And especially this year, we thank you very, very much for your support. But um, thank you to our listeners. Um, it's a lot of information. Luckily, you can go and rewind. And thank you for listening to the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. Be sure you hit that subscribe button. And David also will let them know how to subscribe to Bush's new podcast and that way you'll be notified when a new episode releases and share it with your neighbors and your friends our thanks to david c guggenheim and someone talk media for your direction and your engineering and most of all thanks to you our audience for streaming and listening to another episode of the jupiter farms residence podcast so take care be safe and we'll be speaking to you soon from the farm say goodbye everybody Bye. Bye. that mug from I think it's red West leather, Town. Leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. I have last Amy, year this is wildlife wine in the wild. All right, let me let me get up. Come on, give us the full Gitkin. Oh, God. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Just no tubins tonight, people. This has been a production of someone talked media.com. 